Hello, my name is Zachary Trailer, and you are listening to Morning Voice, A Political Journey. Episode number eight, Helping the People. Today I want to talk specifically, since I explained yesterday who the people are, why I am standing up behind them in the simple equation of the people plus the system designed equals the outcome, the outcome in our economy, our democracy, and our system at large. Now that I've done that, I want to explain what specifically I want to do to help the people. And in this one, I'm going to talk about ways to stop generational poverty and increase the rising tides rise all ships. Let's rise that tide and make it equal for everyone so that way no one has to go to bed hungry. Not through large-scale government intervention where we're coming in and forcing prices down. This is not a socialist nor a Marxist-style movement. This is a revolution based on good citizen governance around making sure that the system has simple mandated requirements that any normal person would say, such as why are we having zoning laws that are restrictive on how tall buildings can be? Why are we out here? If you want to make the argument that certain commercial and residential areas should be separated, I will hear you. However, whenever you are requiring that these new developments be within an HOA like North Carolina does, if these uh, new zoning laws prevent multi, you know, why is it that as North Carolina and Fayetteville in particular grows, we are not having the higher development of uh, city, uh, within city limits where you have the economic zone on the bottom, you have businesses on the first and second story, and then you have four or five stories of residential property. That in, that decreases the need for cars, which is a lower expense, especially whenever we're having people where there is no reason a Toyota Corolla, you know, even, even one as old as... Uh, 2013 should be coming out here at above $12,000. That is a, this is a price point that is being gouged out because of, I'm not anti-consumer nor am I anti-automotive. However, if you live within a city, your needs of a car can be met or rather your transportation needs can be met without a car. So let's encourage that rather than creating strict divides that are not well that do not allow for well integrated public service uh, public transit it is that simple we need to get people from point a to point b and so far we have spent billions and billions of taxpayer money subsidizing the automotive industry let's let the free market decide and currently people are deciding that light rail transit such as bright line and the south south california high-speed rail project and metro systems throughout New York, Boston, Chicago. These are systems that people are voting with their wallets and with their feet because they support them. It allows them greater mobility. Whenever you know, such as I will take the... uh, the, the New York transit system. My best friend lives on the west side of Manhattan. I believe the line he takes is the G. I could be wrong. I, I just remember it was an orange line. The fact is that his job takes him from point... Uh, his, his residency and his job are super close to transit. And because of how uh, well integrated New York is, you're able to provide... He, he knows that wherever he moves, as he grows in economic... You know, as his economic future increases, as he makes more money, as he goes up the, the ladder, he's currently going to school for accounting, that he will be able to move closer and closer to the city center without having to worry about cars or transportation because the, because the G line goes from point A to point B. It goes down the entire side all the way through from the Bronx down to uh, Wall Street and uh, Union Station. This is a similar system that we need in New York or here in Fayetteville. I don't believe that needs to be underground, even though that is where America excels at. The fact is that that is not economically viable, and we have better technology nowadays. We are a leading industry when it comes to construction. The sixth largest, I will repeat this constantly, we are the sixth largest industry when it comes to construction work and the ninth largest when it comes to timber 
timber uh, extraction. When, simply driving from Fayetteville to Raleigh, I ran into two large-scale semi-trucks uh, moving timber in, I believe it was Lillington. These are industries that not just our district, but the wider community rely on. And if we are to increase those, we can then uh, pull on our current one. We have the the benefit of Raleigh has the benefit of being the capital and it'll always be sucking the taxpayers dry within the counties and the cities and townships outside of them. Fayetteville is lucky enough that we have a military base independent of state funding that is going to provide billions and billions in economic output for the next century. Fort Bragg will not be going anywhere and because of the diversity that the new recruits have and because of the uh, funding that will not go away uh, for the 82nd and the soft community. We have the opportunity to use that capital, and if we make sure that that money is getting directed through soldiers' tax, uh, soldiers' paychecks, making sure that we have a reliable public transit that allows them to get from point A, the barracks or their homes, to point B, uh, local shops in downtown, Hay Street, Bragg Boulevard, Sky, Skybo Road, etc., making sure that they're able to get there quickly and efficiently without spending their money on predatory 20% interest rates. Uh, and other stuff. We are giving them a better opportunity to not screw themselves over financially in the future while allowing for a local and a regional economy to bloom out of it. I am a pros I am a product of moving to Fayetteville due to the military and staying because of the opportunities I was given here. I am adding to our community both economically, I'm adding to our community through a vibrant spirit, and I'm adding to the community because I'm bringing a different point of view and a different life experience that not many people have. Being a military child, coming in the military, uh, getting my bachelor's degree, still going enlisted, being you know top of my class and yet going infantry, uh, moving from Miami, Montana. You know, I have a very diverse background when it comes to my living situation and my story, and bringing that to our community is only going to add. The more people that we get to move here and stay here long term, especially since Fort Bragg is known for having 20-year career soldiers willing to stay here and then live here their entire lives, we need to make sure that we target it and get these people, not just our kids, but also our soldiers and our veterans into good blue-collar jobs in construction and timber, and then use those skills to develop a public transit system. These jobs are high-paying, high-skill, you know, blue-collar, and high-skill. They are capable of producing single-family income homes again and increasing home ownership. This is just one aspect. Tomorrow I will talk more about my housing affordability program because it ties in directly with this. It ties into I want to make sure that we attack the banking industry that's cre created redlining that prevents impoverished communities, uh, especially those in disadvantaged groups from having home ownership and getting generational wealth that uh, many, uh, including my family, were fortunate enough to not have to uh, face. And I want to make sure that that is no longer allowed in North Carolina. I want to make sure that home ownership is put in back into the place of the working class so that way they can have a home, not just to provide for their kids, but also provide them their own sort their own retirement fund through the equity they grow. But I also want to make sure that this is a long lasting program and that these houses are being produced and sold to local people to continue to generate the economy and not going into Zillow, Realtor.com or State Street and BlackRock. With that being said, I want to speak on a story. I met a lovely, lovely young lady named Lexi who was telling me a story, and this is partly why I wanted to touch on my public transit policy. She had a car crash, sadly, and her car was totaled three months ago. She is around my age, uh, early 20s, and cannot afford a new car. Accidents happen, and she is taking full responsibility for the accident, paying off the insurance, and she has never once in our conversation, she always said, it, you know, what happened was my fault, but now I am being, I, I don't have a car, I don't have a way to grow. She is on the verge of losing her job and losing her, 
means of providing for herself, which is something she works in a very, she's a dog trainer and she has a very well-paying job for her age. And she's at risk of losing that because of a transportation issue. I think all of us agree that whenever you are at fault for an accident, you must pay for it, especially economically. It's why we have insurance and it's why, you know, we want to, we want people who are at fault to take care of it because whenever we're on the receiving end of an accident, we don't want to have to worry if we're going to go broke for someone else's mistake. However, by her losing that job, we are, we are potentially sending someone into poverty who has worked so hard to get out of it, who has worked their ass off their entire high school, college, and post-university uh, life. And I don't want to set all of that back because of one instance. And this is why I think public transit's important. She lives in Raleigh, which is a is one of the better connected cities. But even Miami, where I grew up, that had, in my opinion, one of the best public transit systems in the country, still lacked beca- uh, lacked in consistency, especially in after hours, more you know, at night times and early morning, and also the the unpredictability and the breakdowns. And this is because we're relying on buses. We need to make sure that we have a you know we expand the Fayetteville trolley system, that we have a high speed rail system that connects Fayetteville Cary, Spring Lake, Raleigh, Durham, and then eventually, I definitely, you know, we need to connect the 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 high uh, the I forty corridor from Charlotte, Winston Salem, uh, Greensboro, Raleigh, and then Raleigh Durham, and then eventually go out to Greenville in the West. Wilmington's another one. These are programs that Brightline has shown to be successful in Florida. That if we bring them in, bring in the private investment, bring in the skills jobs. We have the we have a plethora of Americans. We are one of the fastest growing, if I'm not mistaken, we are the fifth growing state when it comes to uh, people moving from one U.S. state to another. Let's use this. Let's use these places that we have advantages, that we have natural advantages. And let's make sure that we bring that around so that way the system, as it gets up and running, and as we show that we are a beast in an economy, not one that's willing to just sag behind at a 2 to 3% a growth rate while inflation hit 8% during COVID. We are a state capable of 5 to 6% of GDP growth when we put our assets and put our skills to proper use and stop funding oligarchs and the duopoly up in Washington and Raleigh. Thank you very much. And don't forget, good citizen governance.